Who am I supposed to marry? What job should I get? What major should I choose? What college should I go to? I think at every major crossroads in our life, we've all asked ourselves this question of what is God's will for my life? What does he want me to do? What if I make the wrong decision? Hey everyone, my name is Jamie and welcome to Dear Younger Me. This podcast is dedicated to giving advice to my younger self in hopes that it'll also help other people who might be going through similar things. I will be talking about everything ranging from how to not be shy in elementary school, how to figure out my career path in high school, how to build genuine friendships with people after college, all the way to how to navigate my own faith. I just hope that this podcast can be me being an older sister, giving helpful advice to all the young people and maybe even older people out there. In this episode, I will be talking about how to figure out God's will for your life and how to live that out practically. As always, when we want to know the will of God, we need to look to the Bible, which is God's word. This is what the Bible has to say about God's will. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 3-8, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lusts like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. In this text, God tells you explicitly that he wants you to be sanctified, and then he tells you how, by avoiding sexual immorality and controlling your own body. And he wants us to live a holy life, which means set apart and different from how the rest of this world lives. Now we're going to look at Luke 10, 27. This is the will of the Father for you, to love the Lord your God with all your strength, soul, and mind. And this is another explicit part of God's will, and he calls you to love him which means to spend time with him, pray to him, invite him into your life, think about him, laugh with him, sing with him, and doing everything you can to please him and receive his love. I heard something from John Piper that really resonated with me. He says, God is the most glorified in us when we are the most satisfied in him, which is kind of a win-win situation. So all you have to do is love him with your whole being. But I do want to mention that sometimes this is hard because I think of reading the Bible sometimes and I think of how it's so hard because I treat it as a chore and it's not something that I enjoy doing every single day. And I realized that the solution isn't to buckle down and kind of force myself to love him by forcing myself to read the Bible. Although I do believe that there is discipline in reading the Bible every day, but I think what's been most helpful for me is just actually sitting there and then asking God to help you receive his love. And then this in turn will help you love him. We also have Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So in this text, Jesus clearly tells you that he wants you to make disciples of all nations and to preach the good news. And he wants to use you as his hands and feet to accomplish his goodwill. Next, we have Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. Look carefully then how you walk, 
not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in this text, Paul explicitly tells you how to live your life daily, which is addressing one another in psalms and hymns and giving thanks. And there it is. Those are just some of the passages in which God spells out so explicitly what he wants us to do in life. And that is to love him and to bring glory to him. And some of you might be thinking, okay, yeah, that's great, but what does he want me to do with my life specifically? And I want to challenge us to think about if we are missing the point in asking that. I think everything in his revealed will in the Bible is for eternity and for his kingdom, and that should be our priority. And I think we get so caught up with, what do I need to be doing in my life that we miss the whole point of living here on earth? Honestly, it doesn't matter what we do. It matters who we are and how we treat other people when we're living in different circumstances. And if we're not able to do the things he's explicitly told us to do, like loving our neighbors, honoring our parents, tithing, resting in him, then how are we supposed to do the things we have yet to hear from God? His will outlined for us in the Bible is the why of our existence, and maybe what we're asking for, which is what we are to do practically in life, is the how. And I think the more we focus on the why, God truly does reveal to us the how little by little. The Bible doesn't have specific verses on what profession you are to get, nor does it even put importance on it. But it does talk about the type of person you are to be, so that others can see your transformed life in all different areas of your life, whether it's in school, or at work, or with your neighbors, or even with your non-believing friends. I really don't think the how matters that much. And I think once you are seeking to do God's will by spending time in prayer, and seeking to do good, and using your gifts for those around you, then you can start asking God what specifically you are to do in life. Matthew 6.33 is one of my favorite verses because it outlines the mindset we are to have when it comes to seeking God's will. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This is a promise, everyone. It's a promise, and God will always fulfill his promises. And it's important because if you look at the verse, it tells you that if you do the first part, then you will get the second part, not the other way around. And the Lord knows what you need. He knows you need a job. He knows you need money and and home and just food, and He will provide for you. And I believe that once you truly submit yourself to God's will and make it your desire to know Him and be known by Him, He will give you clues and hints as to what you're supposed to do career-wise. And practically what that means is looking at your life and asking where you can love others. Is it checking up on your roommate that seems stressed these past couple of weeks? Is it calling your parents and showing them love? Do these little things and I truly believe that God will direct you to what you need to do next. And I know that's really scary because that requires you to live out your faith day by day and it requires you to not be in control of your schedule every week. And I don't know how many times I've done this where I've just had to ask God to help me, okay, what am I supposed to do today or tomorrow or next week? And 
every single time, I just feel like he's always revealed the next step to me. And sometimes it might take me a while to understand or I have to use hindsight to be like, oh, that's what God was doing. But he will reveal the next step to you. So for example, I felt like God had called me to move back to Washington State after college to attend a local church. And even though most of my close friends were still in California and I didn't want to move back in with my parents, I followed his voice and obeyed. At the time, I still had no idea what I wanted to do in life, but through talking with teachers from college or through watching a particular movie, God put the idea of acting in my head. And when I prayed about if I should pursue it, he spoke to me and said, if it's something I want you to do, I'll open the doors. And really, he has opened the doors. He's connected me with other Christian actors in this area, and he's given people in my life that I can make films with and have fun with. And honestly, if you hear God tug on your heart to do something for his greater purpose and will, do it and then worry about your career or next stage in life later because he already has it figured out. So now that we have the right mindset in place, I'm going to talk about some practical steps that I've found to be helpful in figuring out what the specific will God has for me. Number one is ask the Holy Spirit what he thinks that you would enjoy and what you could be good at. Listen for that small, still voice, because after all, God is inside of you, and who better to ask for advice than God Almighty himself? Number two, God gives everyone different gifts and talents, and find out what those are. Test out your strengths and your weaknesses. What are you good at? What are you not good at? What is your role in your friend groups? Is it being the mediator? Is it taking charge and giving direction? Are you really conscientious and detail-oriented? And then look for jobs that might use those different skills. I think God is also a very practical God, and I found that understanding myself and then seeing what other people who are similar to me are doing helps me get started on my career. Believe it or not, you can learn a lot about yourself and what environments you would thrive in by looking at how you interact with others in the everyday mundane parts of life. I also think that taking a personality test like Myers-Briggs will help you understand what professions people with similar personalities as you might take on. And then number three, ask yourself what lights you up. I think God shows us mercy by giving us specific things that we're passionate about. So if you're doing what he wants you to do career-wise, I think you should also find joy in it too. We're not just servants of God, but we're his sons and daughters and heirs. And although we are called to be obedient and disciplined in following the Spirit, I don't think we have to equate that to staying or taking a job that we hate. And of course, God's going to make you go through different seasons and you might be working in a job that you don't like, but I don't think that he would make you do that for the rest of your life. I think there's some joy that you should get from doing what you're doing. And what comes to mind is this example that I have for my own life. So when I was in college, I was complaining about all my classes because I hated going to class and studying my major and it was just so boring. And so I just said, oh God, like why did you make me choose engineering? And then one of my roommates told me, God didn't make you choose engineering, you chose engineering. And at that point in time, I really had no idea what she was saying. I was just so focused on being a good daughter, getting a good degree, and then making money to support my mom in my future. And I thought, okay, engineering is definitely the way to go. 
when really God had never told me that engineering was what I should be doing. It was just something that I came up with myself. And although those are still good goals to have, I think there are other majors besides engineering where I could have done that and provided for my mom and still use the natural talents that God has given me. And then my number fourth tip is if you have no idea what you want to do, then just try something even if you don't end up liking it. I think finding out what you don't want to do is just as important as finding out what you do want to do. And trust that God will use every experience to guide you to what he has called you to do. Okay, and now I want to move on to just some things to ask yourself and consider. Number one is asking yourself, are you willing to do the specific will that God has for you? I think oftentimes we forget that God is not a boring God. He took David, a humble shepherd, and he made him a king. He took Rahab, a prostitute, and made her hold spies in her home, and from her family line came Jesus. Oftentimes, it's our own doing that keeps us in a box and prevents us from really seeing what God has in store for us. Are you hoping that God would call you to a career in which you make a six-figure income? Or are you hoping that you would live in a white picket fence with a dog and you get to travel around the whole world? Like You have to be honest with yourself because none of those two things might be what God has planned for you. And to be honest, it's That's good because he has even greater plans than that. And there are two major pitfalls in thinking that way as well. One, I think that really limits the things that God wants to do through us. And two, that shows us where our heart is. If we aren't open to what God has planned for us, then how are you ever going to accomplish those big things that he has called you to do? And I just think we have our own ways of wanting to be rich and comfortable, and then for God to bless us in those plans instead of directly asking him, what is it that you want us to do with our life? And then another consideration is that your passions and your career can change. We're so focused on, okay, what is that one thing that God really wants me to do for the rest of my life that we miss the whole point? It doesn't really matter. I think God can give you different seasons in life where you're interested in different things. You could be inspired to be a teacher, a dancer, an artist, a tax consultant, all within your lifespan. Our God is so infinite and he is so creative. So we can't just box ourselves into thinking there is one thing that God wants us to do for the rest of our life. Another thing to consider is that God doesn't always reveal to you what you are to do from point A to point Z. Sometimes it'll just be a blurry go and then you just kind of do it. But it's in this way that we can trust him with the little things and know that he is sovereign. For example, in the Bible, God told Abraham that I would make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And he called Abraham to go into a distant land. And he didn't really give any other direction besides go. And so that's kind of how you can expect your journey to be with God. Sometimes he just gives you hints and clues and you just have to trust that it is from him and when you get confirmation it's it's the greatest feeling in the world because you're like wow I trusted the Lord and now I get to see the fruits of my labor and I know I've said this before but if there is anything that you get from this podcast episode I hope it's this when you focus on the greater will of God that's explicitly written in the Bible and you seek first and his kingdom and his righteousness, the latter will always, always come. The latter being that 
God reveals to you what he wants you to do specifically in your life. Just trust that, trust the Bible, and trust in God's promises. All right, everyone, thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and found some good golden nuggets of information in it. And I hope you have a blessed week, and I'll see you next week. Bye!